We're on this lesson of becoming more in 24. This is definitely a Marcel thing. Don't give me credit for that at all. That is all Marcel. But I appreciate the sentiment of what's behind it. It's we should always be striving to be more than what we are. It's this look at, I think this clicker works. Or not. Technology is amazing, especially when it doesn't work. It's working. This is a green button. This should go. Oh, look at that. Okay, there we go. So we're going through 2 Peter 1. In case you haven't been following along, uh, we've been staying in this scripture, and, and I like doing a deeper dive in a scripture, to go word by word, to get a, a greater perspective of what, in this case, Peter was trying to tell us. And we've been under the, the guise of God's empowerment and our human effort and how it joins together to transform us, to become more in 24. Today, we're going to be talking about perseverance. Boy, there's a good word uh, and a word that we typically don't like because perseverance means challenges. Perseverance means difficulties. And I was thinking about the last time I was up here, I did persecution right before uh, Christmas. And now I got perseverance. And I thought, man, I'm the fun preacher. Uh, perseverance, persecution. But believe me, this word is all over the Bible. Uh, and we're going to see that a bit today. So this is our main text. In 2 Peter 1, 3 through 5, it reads, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. So this has been our main text. And, and I want to, before we get into perseverance, I want to break down a little bit of his divine nature, God's divine power, and this idea of making every effort. So when you look at those words, you had goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. That is God's divine nature. That's who God is. God is faithful when we're not faithful. God is good when we're not good. God is knowledgeable and we can trust in his wisdom. God has self-control because there's been multiple times where God says, I would wipe you out, but I'm not going to. God is perseverant with us. He's obviously godly and he's loving. And this is in stark contrast to our nature, which Paul defines as this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. What a stark contrast. Black and white in the sense of just God's divine nature, and our nature. We are so different from this by who we are. 
And I know we live in a time where it's like, you're a good person and I'm a good person. And maybe from the outside eyes, sometimes we can appear that way. But if someone was to dissect my heart and my mind and see what goes on inside there, they would go, oh yeah, Eric's definitely deserving of wrath because that's my nature. The craving of my flesh and the desires that I wanna carry out with that is who I am. But the hope that we have is this divine nature because God's divine power works with our making every effort to help transform us to his divine nature. That's what 2 Peter's talking about, is that we can have this nature, but we have to make every effort. We have to do our part. And this is probably one of the hardest things about being a Christian is recognizing our lane. Because sometimes we wanna jump into God's lane and we wanna do what God's supposed to do. We're gonna take over, we're gonna make this happen. And God's like, no, you get in your lane. You make every effort, but I'll make this happen. And we can be transformed into his divine nature. I also wanna look at this word perseverance. Huponone is what you say in Greek. It stands for steadfastness, constancy, and endurance. These are all nice big words. So I thought I'd go with an English translation of this. And it means continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. The action or condition or instance of persevering. And I was laughing at myself right now because I realized the first thing I focused on and even what I highlighted was despite difficulties, failure, opposition, I didn't highlight achieve something. Because that's not how I think about perseverance. When I think perseverance, I don't think about what I'm going to achieve. I think about difficulties, opposition, hardship, struggle. That's perseverance. It's like, man, this, that's exciting on a Sunday morning. I'm here with my family, all excited to worship God, and I got to go through difficulties, failure, opposition. Why would I want to be a Christian? Why would I want to go through this? In the same way, we love God because he first loved us. We persevere because God perseveres with us. Romans 8, it says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice it doesn't say it won't separate in the sense that our love from God, it's God's love to us. None of these things is gonna stop God's love for us. God's gonna persevere in his love for us. And when I read this, sometimes I can feel like, yeah, but what are really God's obstacles? God's all powerful. Is it really that difficult for him? You know, what's his greatest obstacle? And I realized his greatest obstacle is us. We are the greatest obstacle for God's love because God has to really persevere with us. I was reading in Nehemiah and Nehemiah was describing the Israelites. And Nehemiah said this, it says, they refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion, appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. 
but you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. As a young Christian and reading the Old Testament, there's a lot there that I was like, I don't understand a lot of stuff as a young Christian. And one of the things I didn't understand were the Israelites. Here, God walked with them, showed his presence to them, performed miracles for them, brought them out of slavery into and leading them to a promised land. And while on the jury to the promised land, out of slavery, they're like, yeah, it's not that great here. Yeah, I know we're on this journey, this promised land, but you know what? It was nice back in Egypt. I know we were enslaved, but how bad is slavery really? Let's go back. Let's get a new leader and let's head back that way. Let's not keep going towards God's promises. And as a young Christian, I'm like, these Israelites are stupid. And then I became a Christian for a little bit longer. And I realized, oh, I'm stupid too. I'm the same way. I think of the miracles God's performed in my life, the transformation, the bringing me out of slavery from my evil desires, from what held me. And sometimes I get in a place where I'm like, was it really that bad back there? Was it really that tough? Maybe I can go back, you know, at least be on the way back a little bit. I mean, this, this journey to the promise part is hard. So slavery isn't all bad, right? And I forget. And I become exactly what Nehemiah is saying here, a stiff-necked people. And we can become this if we don't persevere. Now, you think, well, man, perseverance is hard. You're right. But read the Bible. You'll be inspired by so many people that persevere. What do I mean by so many people? A bunch. Job persevered through extreme suffering and loss, but remained faithful to God. Joseph, sold into slavery by his own family and imprisoned falsely, remained steadfast to God and eventually saved his family. Moses endured decades of hardship as he led the Israelites out of slavery through the wilderness, but remained faithful. David faced trials even of his own king who tried to persecute him and his own failures, yet remained steadfast. Esther risked her life to save the people, displaying enormous courage and perseverance in the face of certain death. You think, well, that's just a few. Okay, let's do some more. Ruth demonstrated perseverance in her loyalty to Naomi, going to a place that she didn't even know where she was going, but stayed true to God. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Daniel endured persecution most of his life and lived as a, as a bondservant to a kingdom that overthrew the Israelites. And yet he never compromised his beliefs. Paul suffered persecution, imprisonment, various hardships, all the way up to death, yet remained committed. Abraham displayed perseverance in his journeys and faith, not knowing what God's gonna lead him. And Hannah endured years of barrenness and social stigma, but remained persistent with God in prayer. I could do this for the rest of the time. You pick a person in the Bible and follow their journey. You will see perseverance. It's one of the traits 
We like to pick up the Bible and think, oh, if I read it, I'm just going to read about some guy who all was good and God just brought him through. And that is not the story of the Bible at all. The story of the Bible is perseverance. And if you're feeling like, man, it's hard to persevere, spend time with some of these people and walk with them and learn from them. Because sometimes we think, oh man, I'm persevering this week, but if it doesn't change next week, whew, I don't know if I can keep going. In some of these cases, you're talking 40 years of perseverance, hardship, but they remain close to God. So we must persevere. I want to read from the book of James. Now, before I do, I'm, I'm teaching, a, a helping out facilitate a young Christian class for our college ministry. And uh, last week, we, or a couple weeks ago, we went through how to study the Bible. And one of the things when you study the Bible, you ought to talk about who's talking. You know, what's, what's the source? And so this is coming from James. Because I know when looking at you, some of you are like, if he tells me I have to persevere, he doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't know the challenges I'm facing. He doesn't know the hardship that I'm in right now. And you're right, I don't. So please hear that this is coming from James. Now, who's James? Let me just introduce James to you for a moment. He was the brother of Jesus. What would it take for you to grow up, growing up with your siblings, to be convinced that your sibling, your younger brother or sister or older brother or sister was the Lord and Christ? It would have taken a lot. To try to convince me that my brother Victor was the Lord in Christ. I'm like, mm -hmm. you don't know him like I do. What did he see that convinced him? Part of it was the resurrection. Part of it was seeing his brother come back from the dead who appeared to him. Because he wasn't faithful as a follower early on. But he becomes so to the point of his own death. He will leave the church in Jerusalem for over 30 years. The church in Jerusalem was basically mainly Jews and they were ostracized by the Jewish community because they were following this way, this Christ, this Messiah that they thought that wasn't, this Jesus. And so during hardships and famine, Paul would actually go and travel around to the Gentile churches raising money to give to the Jerusalem Jews because some of them were starving to death. And this is the church he's leading. And he will die in Jerusalem for his beliefs. So just know what he says to you, this is where he's coming from. Let's hear what he has to say. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it'll be given to you. I wanna highlight this first point whenever you face trial, not if ever, not you might, no, whenever. You will. It's a part of the Christian walk. You will face trials. And what are we supposed to do with this? Consider it pure joy. I just told you, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't. 
but it doesn't make this any less true. Consider it pure joy. How do I do that? How do I consider it pure joy what I'm going through? A loss of a family member, a friend that has hurt you, a brother and sister in Christ that has turned their back on you, financial hardships, hardships in school. How do I consider it pure joy? Because it's a testing of your faith. Faith isn't living this life to go, if I'm faithful, God's going to do this for me. It's not a secret switch that you get to turn on and just make God do what you want and do. Faith is being certain that God is working even when you don't know what's happening. And you get to test this faith. You get to see the authenticity of this faith and live this out. And it'll help you to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What does mature and complete look like? God's divine nature, being faithful, having goodness, having knowledge, having self-control, being godly, living a life of love. We all want these traits, but we have to be able to go through it to get there. And this can be the hard part. And it is hard. And it's hard, especially if it's a long journey. Something uh, some of you know in this room, not many, but some of you know, uh, it's been a hard journey. From the time I was baptized, 1920, I heard a lesson. And the lesson was this, pray for your future children. So by the time I was 20 years old, I've been praying about what my child might be like. And I got married in my 20s. And uh, God said no. And uh, with my wife's passing, I found recently uh, an unanswered prayer from her saying, you know, pregnancy by 2007. And her answer was not yet. And, uh, you know, I think I got surrendered to that. And then recently getting remarried, it was a a hope again. Uh, And so we started praying again, you know, and just going, okay, God, maybe this might be an option. And we found out in early December that we had basically a one in a thousand chance to have a child crushing years of prayer. And I was like, okay, God, you know, I I can't stop praying. I'm going to continue to pray. And I'm grateful for your prayers because it has been enormously challenging because we found that out on a Friday. And on Sunday in December, we found out we were pregnant. And so... We are 14 weeks and we're expecting a little baby boy. 
Now, here's what I'm looking at, just so you know. A bunch of you friends of mine who have older children going, you've not stopped persevering. <laughs> Your perseverance has only just begun. And they are right. And you are right. I am grateful that God has heard my prayers. But I also know that those prayers need to continue. That I'll still be praying for my little boy as he grows up, as he develops, because I'll have to persevere. That's what it means to persevere. And many of you are still in it with your kids, persevering. Yeah, I know it's right. Because I know some of you. And I hang out with some of your kids. We persevere not just for a season, but for a lifetime. So how do we add perseverance to our life? We recognize instead of run. We recognize that we're in a season of perseverance. We reframe our mindset that yes, this is a tough time and we're going through it and it's okay, but I'm not gonna run. I'm not gonna be someone who skips out on this moment. This is a testing of my faith. We're gonna pray instead of pout. We can get to a place in our life sometimes when we're praying and we're like, ah, I don't want to pray anymore. I just want to pout. Oh, I don't like this. No. If you're in a moment, pray instead of pout. And we are going to be those who step out instead of shrink back. Hebrews 10, 39 says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. This is how we add perseverance. And the benefits of this, it'll strengthen your faith. When my baby is born, I will get to remember those years of perseverance every time I see his face. You'll develop grit. We don't like this in our day and age. There's a phrase that says, hard times produce hard men, hard men produce soft times, soft times produce soft men, and soft men produce hard times. And we got some soft times that produce some soft men. And we need to get some grit we need to stand up for what's right through the hardships, through the difficulties because it'll cultivate our character. We'll develop integrity and we'll become a testimony of God's faithfulness. And ultimately, as James told us, we'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So as we head into communion, Remember, we make every effort, we strive. And God will do his part in transforming us into his divine nature. So action steps for this week. Pray for God's wisdom as you face these trials. Remember James says, ask for wisdom and it'll be given to you without finding fault. And if you're going through it, ask someone to walk with you through your challenges. I thank you for those who prayed with me, who've been on this journey with me. And not just this past year, not just this past two years, but who walked with me through my Christianity. Because you've helped me keep faithful. Thank you for spending that time with me. And if you're going through it, ask someone to walk with you. Christianity is not meant to be done alone. We're a family. So as we head into communion, Jesus perseveres. 
This Hebrews 12, one through three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning a shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As we head in this time, Jesus lived out what he's calling us to do. For the joy set before him, he endured, he persevered the cross. And where did he end? The right hand of God, which is we will be someday. But we cannot grow weary and we cannot lose heart because we have to persevere. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you in this time and we recognize who you are and how much, God, you persevere with us, let us make every effort to give back and persevere with you because we know, God, that you will go to any extreme to love us. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will separate us from your love. Let us run the race marked out for us and achieve crown of glory at the end because we know, God, that we will sit at the throne of God if we remain faithful. Father, we are grateful to you for the love that you show us. And as we take this communion, the, the bread that represents your body that was crushed and pierced and the blood that was spilt, the grape juice that we drink, we take so remembering that it was this death that ultimately led to the resurrection that saves us today. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.